Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Hope you're having a great day. Got a lot to get to. Can't wait. But first, if you haven't done it, go ahead, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And don't forget, today's episode is presented to you by Sugar Fire in Westminster. Oh, just amazing barbecue. Plus, Superbook Sports Colorado. And of course, my favorite hot sauce, Burns and McCoy. I'm going to tell you more about them here in a second. But real quick, giving you a quick tease of today's show. We're going to talk about Disney opening up a new theme park, possibly in a major city. Plus some insane stories from the broadcasting world that are just making my head spin. And I give you the latest on them. I try not to talk about them too much, but geez, we're going to get the latest on these uh, alleged aliens that are out there. I know. I know. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy that's an ongoing thing, but we're going to get into that. Got some great audio as well. But first, do yourself, your family, and your friends a favor. Go ahead and grab some Burns and McCoy today. Burns and McCoy is the best hot sauce around, and it's my go-to when I need to kick up a meal a few notches. I went over to my buddy's house, Shad, uh, I want to say like a month ago, and what's the first thing he whips out when we... (laughs) That sounds gross. We were having like tacos or something, and boom. Two Burns and McCoy bottles. He's off. Sorry. The st- he's all, since you told me about this place, they're so good. I can't get enough of them. And what does he do now? Burns and McCoy. He goes to burnsandmccoy.com and uses promo code DeHuff, and he gets 20% off his order. That could be you, too. Just go to burnsandmccoy.com, use promo code DeHuff, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Here's the thing about Burns and McCoy. It's all about flavor first. Then they focus on the heat because they want to make sure it tastes good. Sure, there's some hot sauces out there that will freaking blindside you with heat. But guess what? They they don't taste good. I'll just say that. Burns and McCoy, it's all about flavor and all about making your taste buds do a happy dance. My personal favorites, mango habanero, salsa verde, especially El Roja. And you know what? There's a lot more to choose from. Again, go to burnsandmccoy.com. See all their amazing flavors of hot sauces. Plus, they've got mustard and salsa that you can check out, too. Burns and McCoy is a woman-majority family-owned business. Their focus is to only give you the highest quality products by using ingredients of the highest quality. Food should be fun, and they provide that fun with each unique flavor profile they offer. Go ahead and grab a bottle of Burns and McCoy today. They're available at all grocery stores in the front range. Or do what I do. Go check them out at burnsandmccoy.com. Use promo code DEHUFF and get 20% off your next order. You know what we need to do right now? Let's go ahead and do it. Let's jump into those headlines. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. (laughs) Gosh, Mick. Oh, oh boy, we're going to be headed to Australia. <laughs> That's my Mickey Mouse and, and Goofy. Gosh, Mick. <laughs> I can't, I don't like doing uh, Donald. It gives me a headache. But yeah, apparently Disney could be going to Australia. They could be opening up a theme park in Melbourne. And their mayor in Melbourne is all about the idea. She's reached out to Disney and saying, yes, we want you to come here. And if that this happens, that would be the seventh Disneyland in the world. You would think there'd be more. And you'd think that Australia would already have a Disney theme park, but they don't. 
And I guess a few years back, Sydney tried to get it, but you know they they got blocked up by Disney. They didn't like the deal. But apparently, Melbourne has an amazing stretch of land that would be perfect for Disney, and it could be happening. I think that'd be great. Good for them. But that being said, I have no desire to go to a Disney theme park. Everybody says the same thing that I talk to. Yeah, it's a cool experience to go once because we're going to be paying this shit off forever because it's so stupid expensive. And like the lines are ridiculous. I'm sure it will, you know, eventually, you know, that's the thing. Like Disneyland doesn't want to have too many parks because then it's not as desirable. But I mean, I'm wondering if one day if if it starts to settle down a little bit, but the prices are ridiculous. I have no desire to go there for that. Plus, when I hear people talk about how how crammed it is in there and how long you wait in lines to go on a ride, that it's just like it just ruins it. So I have no desire. That being said, if I ever got a free trip to a Disney World or Disneyland, I'd go. I'd go. But I don't want to break the bank on that. Be like, sorry, kids, you're not going to get any sort of uh, college education now. But you're going to Disneyland. Oh, yay! Screw education. Let's see a giant rat walking around. And let's eat some overpriced food. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, thanks for paying my salary. (laughs) Gosh, Mick. What's going on? I saw Minnie over there banging Donald. (laughs) Oh, I went dirty with it, and I'm sorry. But what did you expect? What did you expect? When you hit play on something that says uncensored, just imagine this. Stay with me on this one. It's going to be uncensored. Anyway, I don't know any of the other character voices that you would do from Disney. The kids used to, my kids have these like Minnie and Mickey Mouse puppets. So I'd like, if they're having trouble going to sleep, I would always go in there with it and be like, Oh, hey, everybody, it's time to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds really creepy when you do it that way. But it'd be like, So, Jackson, how was your day? And he's like, Good. What'd you do all day, Mick? Well, I just sat in this room waiting for you because I have no life. <laughs> I just stared at the wall. <laughs> Mickey is gonna go psycho. Hey, everybody, it's Mickey, and I'm ready to kill. <laughs> that sounded bad. One of these days, like Mickey is gonna, they're gonna lose the rights to Mickey. You know how they lost the rights to like Winnie the Pooh? And now you anybody can do movies using the character Winnie the Pooh. I believe in like a couple of years, it's going to be the same thing with Mickey Mouse. So that's going to be great. You're going to have like horror films that are of like Mickey Mouse. They're going to be like, oh, gee, Minnie, I don't know if we should go down this tunnel. Oh, you know what get me really excited, Mickey, is if we did. Oh, man, I'm rock hard. Let's go in the tunnel. Then they get ate by a goofy monster. (laughs) Anyway, 
That's my take on Disney horror films. <laughs> I don't know. Good for Melbourne. I hope they get it. It'd be great. I won't be visiting as much as I would like to visit Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I'll never go to their Disneyland because it's just way too expensive. I saw this and it's just really puzzling. I'm not really sure exactly what happened. And when I listen to the sound, which I'm going to play for you here in a second, you tell me if you can figure it out because I can't figure it out. The Baltimore Orioles suspended the team's TV broadcaster, Kevin Brown, for specific comments that he made. I'm going to play this for you. See if you can figure it out. This has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two at the top this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the no. Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two and the Orioles, once again, are back alone in first place. Oh, that son of a bit. I have no idea what he said that was wrong. Nothing. I've been in broadcasting for over 20 years. Now, granted, two of those have been, or two and a half of those have been here in podcasting. But being in sports broadcasting and hearing things that people have done wrong and been suspended, or should have been suspended, and I've heard so many things that are horrible, horrible. I have no idea what the hell they're complaining about. As the USA Today stated, the Baltimore Orioles have been one of baseball's best stories this season, going from a 110 lost team just two years ago to one of the best records in the American League. But acknowledging how far they've come in such a short time, is apparently a forbidden subject for the team's broadcasters. Exactly. All he's saying is, like, it's been a rough go, but now this team is, you know, they got a chance to correct some of the, th the things that have been going on and blah, blah, blah. No freaking clue why they're upset about that. But they suspended him. Now, that being said, he's supposed to return to the broadcasting booth this Friday, so in a couple days from now. What in the hell are they pissed off about? What the shit, man? Like, teams teams and other companies get so sensitive about the truth. We talk about that all the time. The truth hurts. It does. But you have to accept the truth, accept where you've been, acknowledge your mistakes, learn from everything, and move forward. But you can't deny what, what the truth is. That's what they're doing. They're upset because he acknowledged that they they were crap. And they have a they have a losing record against a certain team. And maybe they'll be able to correct that. 
What the hell, man? Bad luck for the Orioles. Now, Yankees broadcaster Michael Kay defended Brown on ESPN. They should be ashamed of themselves because not only was what Kevin said in the Oriole notes that night, but it was on a graphic, which means that it was planned. So if you're going to be so thin-skinned to suspend Kevin Brown, then you have to suspend the entire Oriole truck, the producer, director, graphics. You have to suspend all of them because they're all complicit in this. And if John Angelos, the owner of the Orioles, didn't like that, then he's thin-skinned, he's unreasonable, and he should actually get a call from Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, because it's unconscionable that you would actually suspend a really good broadcaster for no reason whatsoever. He didn't do anything wrong. And you know that music that starts playing in the cut that you played, Peter? That yeah. means a graphic has come up. So the graphic had already been printed out, and you said this earlier. This is not how it works. Kevin Brown doesn't say it, and somebody who's running graphics in the truck could put together a graphic in two seconds. That's that's put together an hour before that happens. And you're going to suspend this guy for saying that, which wasn't even negative. Again, then everybody in the Oriole PR department has to be suspended. It was in their notes. That very thing was in their notes. This makes the Orioles look so small and insignificant and minor league. And, of course, they don't comment on personnel matters. And they didn't say they fired the guy. They suspended him. But can you imagine how that guy must feel? He has to keep his mouth shut. He can't criticize the Orioles because they don't get fired. So, of course, we look forward to Kevin coming back. But you embarrassed the guy for no reason. And, most importantly, you embarrassed yourself. What you did is disgraceful to the business. Disgraceful. Fans of teams should be lucky when their announcers are allowed to be critical. And that wasn't even critical, Peter. I believe that that was complimentary of the Orioles. It's so crazy. It's such a small look. Ah, oh, small man. <laughs> right, right. And what's crazy is what Michael Kay was saying is they put that, the Orioles did, in the pregame notes. And what they do is they hand that out to all the media members so they get an idea of what are the storylines, what are the st statistics as of where the both teams are and how they fit when they face off with each other. It's all these miscellaneous notes that broadcasters either use or they don't. I still get those for Bronco games. Before the games, I get, get an email like this is what, this is what you can expect. And there is a ton. The PR teams for franchises do an amazing job. Like Patrick Smythe with the Denver Broncos. Just him and his crew are amazing. They always do a great job. And they always send out those stuff. And, and you as a broadcaster have the option. Okay, do I use some of this or not? Maybe I will. Maybe I didn't. He read from, essentially, copy-pasted from the notes that was provided by the franchise the Baltimore Orioles, and he read that, and like Michael Kay said, he's saying it in a positive way. What in the hell? Now, there has to be something else that happened off air that we don't know about because it doesn't make sense. Based on the evidence and what we're being told, it doesn't make sense for him to be suspended. So it makes me wonder, is there something else that happened that we're not privy to that that occurred and that's why that's why he was actually suspended 
We may never know. It just depends. But if if the commissioner gets involved, yeah, they they might leak it out. It might get out somehow. But I'm I'm wondering how can they be justified by suspending them? That's a bad look on the Orioles, and it's dragging this guy who does a great job, Kevin Brown, dragging his name through the mud for no fucking reason. It makes no sense. And like he said, they they built a graphic and everything, but the fact that they it was part of the pregame notes that was released by the team, by the Orioles, that makes it even worse and more confusing. I have no clue why they would do that. It makes no sense. Now, speaking of it doesn't make sense, Colin Cowherd made a messed up, messed up mistake. And it's not just on him. Kind of going back to the previous story, they had graphics for this. And it just doesn't make sense. They're talking about quarterbacks that will never win a Super Bowl. Well, let me play you the sound, then we'll react. 20 guys who are not getting to a Super Bowl and certainly not winning it. And that's everybody else. From Baker Mayfield, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Dwayne Haskins, guys, guys that are just not, that, that they're, yeah, that it says can win Super Bowls. It's can't. Can't win Super Bowls. Okay. So six stars, four high end starters, and 20 guys that can't win a Super Bowl. First of all, Dwayne Haskins died last April, April of 2022. Okay. He's on the list for quarterbacks that won't ever win a Super Bowl. Probably because he's dead. I'm going to just say that. Anybody? <laughs> but I laugh, but it's fucked up. I'm going to say that what probably screwed up Colin Cowherd, because he never apologized for for saying Dwayne Haskins, is the fact that the graphic was, you can hear what he says. He's all It says can. It, he's all supposed to say can't. So I'm wondering if he was going to, because he, he stalls out after he says Dwayne Haskins. I'm wondering if his brain got screwed up. I'm defending Colin Cowherd for a second, okay? But that being said, that's such a glaring problem that he should have, hey, you, you, it should say can't win a Super Bowl. By the way, Dwayne Haskin passed away last April. He shouldn't have been on this list. I apologize for that. That's what he should have said. That's what he should have said. But he kept going, and that's that's disturbing. And it also, so when you when you look at the fact that Dwayne Haskins' name was on the list and that they incorrectly wrote out the title of the graphic. It tells me that they got people, young people in there, probably interns working on the graphics. And that's probably what happened. So there might be more information come that comes out here in the next day on it. I wouldn't doubt it. But I'm guessing that's what it is. And Cowherd should have said something about it and corrected it because that's so that's disrespectful. It's it's kind of disgusting. It's, there's a mild sense of, of of humor in it, I guess you could say a pinch of it because, you know, in a in dark humor, you would say, well, yeah, he's not going to win a Super Bowl. 
motherfucker's dead. But that being said, overall, it's just like, it's like you guys should be better than that. You should be better than that. Come on, Colin Cowherd. Jesus. How do you fuck that up? And, and here's the thing. He probably said, get me a list, and here's the people, and then maybe they added a few extra, and then he sees it, goes to correct them, and then realizes that they also screwed up something else, and then he tells them to fix then it, then whatever. It's just a big hot pile of poo of a mess. How do you screw that up, Colin Cowherd? That's something that like I would do. <laughs> Come on. You're better than me, aren't you? But here's the thing. Ultimately, it's it's a team effort. Much like the other incident with the Orioles. Here's the thing. I've been around when talent have screwed up. I got suspended for a listener cursing on the air because I was kicking somebody out of my control room because they were being loud and noisy. And I said, get out of here. Like, I, I can't listen to the show. As I'm doing that, somebody says bullshit on the air. The two hosts weren't paying attention. They didn't dump the audio. And I obviously didn't dump the audio because I didn't hear it. Guess who got suspended? I did. Not the individuals that I had to kick out of my control room because they were being a really bad distraction on purpose to be funny. They didn't get in trouble. The talent for not paying attention, two individuals, they didn't pay attention. They weren't paying attention to when the, the caller said bullshit, but I did. I got suspended for like a week, no pay. Does it make sense? No, in a sense, no. But you can kind of tie that into this, where the producer should have been suspended as well, like Michael Kay was saying. It's not just the one individual that should be suspended. It should be multiple. Obviously, Kevin Brown said what he said. I mean, he was just reading from it. But yes, he gets suspended. And then he, it should have also been, at, least, at the very least, the producer that gets suspended. In this situation with Colin Cowherd, I'm very curious of how Cowherd defends this. I'm always surprised when when companies decide or decide not to suspend an individual. There's an individual in the Denver media that tweeted out the N-word and did not get suspended. How does that happen? Makes no sense. Everybody behind the scenes, behind his back, <laughs> were like, I don't know how the heck he did that. It's not something that you just accidentally type. He meant to write nuggets, but he instead he wrote another word, and he didn't get suspended, which I would have to say 90% of the staff were upset with and confused by, and it gave a bad look to the company. So if your company doesn't handle situations like that properly, it backfires a lot. There was a lot of resentment when I worked there towards management for not disciplining. They understood that the the talent that accidentally tweeted that out, allegedly accidentally, I'm guessing it's an accident, but they the fact that he's like, well, I don't know how, it just auto-corrected to it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, it didn't make sense in the structure of what he wrote 
of him to use that word. But still, it's just like, it's not going to autocorrect to that word unless you type that word previously. And usually it takes several times before you use that word for your system to actually acknowledge that that's a frequently used word. And we're just going to go ahead and autocorrect it to that. Listen, it's interesting to see what Fox Sports does in regards to the Colin Cowherd thing. He shouldn't be suspended. Not at all. I'm not saying he should be. What I'm saying is in this situation, they need to apologize for their fuck up. And it's a big fuck up. It, it's, it's more of a disgusting, disrespectful fuck up. Does he deserve to be suspended? No. Did that guy deserve to be suspended for the Orioles? Not that I can see, but it does. The more you hear about everything, it's just like there's got to be something else going on of why they decided to suspend him. I would not be surprised if you're like, yeah, uh, he takes, you know, I'm, I don't even want to say it. I was going to, I'm going to say I'm putting on my, <laughs> my rumor hat and these are not true. I'm just making it up. I mean, I'm just saying if, if all of a sudden it came out, be like, yeah, he's a frequent masturbator. That's why he got suspended. Yeah. Like he goes every time in between innings, he just goes and cranks one out be like, yeah, that's a problem. We don't want to see that. But that's not what they're saying. They're saying it has to do with these statements. So it's bizarre. Let me know your thoughts on both of those situations, whether it's the Colin Cowherd thing with the Dwayne Haskins or and or the whole situation with the Baltimore Orioles. I, I, I just, ugh, they're both crazy. But I don't think Cowherd and his crew should be suspended. It's just one of those things, like just making a make a public apology and just like, I don't know where the heck my head was type of thing. Hey, coming up, we're going to be talking about some alien information that's been, you know, drifting around. And I got some audio that I just want to play because it's, it's audio of a very famous alleged abduction that I've never heard before. And I don't know why people don't use it more. We'll get into that. But first get ready. Oh, your mouth ready to, to water? You're welcome in advance. Sugar Fire in Westminster. It's my go-to barbecue place. I love it. It's off of 144th and Orchard Parkway, so just east of Huron. And it's amazing barbecue. It's St. Louis-style barbecue. And they got baby back ribs, beef brisket, pulled pork, turkey. They also got burgers. Oh, I love their burgers. I'm a big burger nerd. If I find a good burger... It's hard for me to eat anything else at that restaurant. So I've ate just about everything at the Sugar Fire in Westminster. But now I'm like so hooked on their burgers. I have to go in there and, and order something else. And then I'll just get addicted to that too. Because they have amazing food. I told you the other day that we got French fries and mac and cheese for my kids. And they, they're just, my, my daughter is a mac and cheese snob. She loved it, loved it. And it's just so creamy. And that's just like a, a small example of how good they are. And their sides, like their side, like obviously they have good entrees, but their sides are just so good. Basically any barbecue side you can think of, they got, and they just knock it out of the park. Like potato salad, baked beans, mac and cheese, coleslaw, cornbread, 
also got Brussels sprouts in in some other stuff, just just to name a few. And it's all good. It's all good. They also got great sauces, St. Louis sweet, Texas hot, coffee, Carolina mustard, and white barbecue. Sugar, fire in Westminster, like I said, it's my favorite barbecue place in the state of Colorado. It's family-friendly, perfect for date night. My wife and I just went there the other day, like a few weeks ago, and had uh, had a date night together. It's just good. It, like the moments where you're, th- this is how good Sugar Fire Westminster is. This is us, my wife and I, eating Sugar Fire. Every bite. Mm. And then like our eyes roll in the back of our head because it's just so good. So delicious. They also do catering for those special family events like weddings, holiday parties, or even big meetings for the office. So go ahead and check out Sugar Fire in Westminster. Again, they're off 144th and Orchard Parkway, just east of Huron. You can follow them on social media at Sugar Fire Westie. Sugar Fire in Westminster, reinventing barbecue every single day. Hey, do you hear that? That's the sound of football coming back. I'm so excited. Yes, and now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas, and right now you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. So win or lose, they're going to match your first bet up to $250 with that promo code MILEHIGH. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports and use that promo code MILEHIGH. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. And if you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so, you know, we talk about aliens every now and then on this podcast. And it's funny because it's not really what I want to talk about. I'd rather talk about just crazy, funny headlines. But what ends up happening is there's so many crazy bits of news coming out involving aliens, UFO, UAPs. Stuff like that. It's kind of hard not to, you know, at least talk about it. And it would be nice, obviously, if if aliens were like the crew from Guardians of, of the Galaxy. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yesterday, I made a poop shaped like a fish. Even my butt is capable of making an analogy. I love that movie. That's, that's Drax talking in... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Hilarious movie, great movie, just great action, and it pulls at your heartstrings. Just a great movie. I suggest you watch it. But anyway, it's not going to be like that. You're not going to have some fun-loving, goofy character who thinks he's intelligent, but he's not, and you're not going to have a cute little raccoon that had been made into a talking animal. I don't know. It's not going to be like that. And we, and we always talk about that. It, it sounds good on the surface, but it's not. And now, here's the reason why I kind of am bringing up this conversation. Glasgow in Scotland. Scotland. That's right. Oh, look at here. We've got some UFOs up in the air. Watch out there. They're after the sheep. Anyway. Uh, Glasgow is the biggest hotspot for UFO sightings in the UK, uh, with more supposed objects being spotted in the past two years than ever before. Over the past two and a half years, nearly 1,000 UFO sightings have been recorded in the UK. 
So it's not just the U.S., everybody in the U.K. Every time there's any sort of alien story and it has any sort of connection to the United States, everybody over the pond says the same thing. Oh, apparently they only like Americans. <laughs> well, no, that's not true. You guys have over a thousand UFO sightings in the UK in the past two and a half years. So suck on that. Suck on it, okay? Sure, we have a lot of problems, but not as much as you guys when it comes to UFOs, I guess. According to the leading physicist at Harvard, there may be scientific evidence of intelligent alien life in less than a month that we're going to be presented with. Harvard physics professor A.V. Lyob. I don't know how you say his last name. I'm just guessing. Lob. We'll just say lob every time. He said tiny metal shards found at a crash site of a meteor-shaped UFO that crashed into the Pacific Ocean back in 2014 were strong enough to possibly represent some artificial alloy. According to Lob, who is in charge of the recovery op operations for excavating the parts off the shore of Manus Island, there is, according to him, a chance that it's artificial, that it's a spacecraft. Okay. Based on examination performed by Loeb and a former student as well as researchers with U.S. Space Command, the pieces, 50 mainly iron spheres, 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 measuring between 0.1 and 0.7 mil, mil uh, oh my God, I cannot speak right now, millimeters in diameter, and most certainly came from somewhere in deep space. What do you think of that? You can pretty much point at anything and say, that could have been a crash. If it happened in the Pacific Ocean, and then it crashed, and now we can't find any debris, but let's be honest, guys, that's what it could be. Yeah, but if there's not enough evidence, nobody really gives a shit. I mean, it, I guess it's fine to think that that's what it could be. And, and here's the thing that kind of bugs me. They're saying, like, in a month we should know, uh, you know, if, if, you know, aliens actually do exist. Unless we all see it on TV and it's, it's like a straight-up alien entity talking or moving, and it's not some shitty camera. Otherwise, if it's not any of that, and it's not them actually sitting down with someone of importance, side by side, nobody's going to believe it. I told you the other day, there's that, there's that AI model, and there's more and more coming out on social media where it, it looks like a real person. So until we see these individuals next to someone of importance, a president or, I, I don't know, a celebrity, I don't know, nobody's going to believe it because it could be an actual video of an alien. Nobody's going to believe it because of the way artificial intelligence works and the way software is nowadays. People can fake anything. So it has to be really good fucking evidence. I know this Harvard physicist is saying that, but it's like, yeah, you can say that. 
but it's got to be really freaking good. You know, it's, it's, it's enough of this. Like we got individuals saying, well, I've heard from a friend. I know a guy in college. We used to get hammered together, right? There's a lot of shots with him. Okay. <laughs> Can't tell you some of the shit we used to do. But anyway, he knows a guy as well that drove a truck that had an alien body on it. Okay. You're like, wow, that's, that's a great story. Yeah, that's what he said. He said they smelled too. It's weird. The stories are great. They are. Shitty evidence is really annoying. And that's kind of where we're at. I haven't seen enough evidence to really say, yeah, it's good. The aliens exist. No. By the way, here's some more uh, sound from the other day when alien alleged alien whistleblowers were talking with Congress. If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness? Like, how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Um, Okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either... What agency, sub-agency, what contractors, who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals, uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Super. Thank you. And I yield back. I, I don't know really what to think about that because part of me is just like, they're not saying anything. They're not. And this Harvard professor is just like, yeah, we could find out. Dude, if this is like some bullshit in like, in like 30 days, if all of a sudden, for between now and then, if we have this guy coming out, be like, see, I told you we get some new evidence of, you know, intelligent life elsewhere. Be like, really? Really? Yeah, because that one guy said he's seen it. <laughs> that doesn't mean jack shit to me. It doesn't. There's been so many stories throughout the years of people saying that they've been abducted. And when you hear them telling their stories, it's hard not to believe them. But I'm hearing that from them. It's really hard to take anything that these people from these whistleblowers, there's like, I know a guy who knows a guy, and this is what they are telling me, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's great. It's just a bunch of stories. There's no actual evidence. You've never seen one for yourself? No, 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 no. But I have a friend. <laughs> I do. Sure, he likes to smoke, you know, crack, but he's a good guy. He means well. I'm not saying that they smoke crack. I did, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> they don't. That I know of. 
So I'm going to play something from a very famous alien abduction. And the interview is actually over an hour long, but I'm not nowhere near going to come to that. I'm only going to play like 80 seconds worth. But take note to how she describes everything as, you know, like she just is talking about how she essentially was talking to me or you. This is Betty Hill. Her and her husband, Barney, were allegedly abducted back in 1961 in New Hampshire. You're going to hear her accent. <laughs> and she became, along with her husband, one of the most famous stories of alien abduction because it was really one of the first ones to really go mainstream. So here's Betty Hill talking with the Discovery Channel the examiner is in doing Bonnie's exam. I started talking with the leader. And I said, I know you're not from this planet. Where are you from? And he showed me a star map. And he explained part of the, the map to me briefly. Um, and then we just talked about food and different aspects of life here. You know? And what? Well, actually, what led to the food was the examiner came running back into the room where I was and started tugging at my teeth. And he wanted to know why Barney's teeth were removable and mine were not. And the story is Barney had dentures. Yeah. During World War II, Barney got too close to a hand grenade and knocked his teeth out. And they, that, they were totally confused by That was very puzzling to him. Yeah. And humorous. Yeah. Any other instances that, that, that something that, as a human, you took so general as a characteristic that you never thought of it, uh, that they got confused by almost childlike, you know, akin to the denture incident? Yeah. Was, was there anything else like that that they seemed like, boy, you don't know that, that, that you can recall? Well, they were sort of disappointed. I didn't know anything about the solar system. <laughs> okay. That, I think they really expected me to be able to identify the map. Which is funny when you think about it, like aliens, if you really want to get to know somebody and get to know about their planet, you need to abduct an astrophysicist, somebody like that. Neil deGrasse Tyson should be on your radar. Don't abduct him. I'm just saying somebody like that. Like they're listening to my podcast and they're like, Nuff censored, Nuff uncensored, sent to kidnap. Uh, which, by the way, I, real quick. So you listen to Betty Hill in that interview. And, and she's just recapping the conversation that she had. And it's a very interesting interview to watch and listen to. I watched the whole thing yesterday. And it's fascinating. And, I, I mean, as much as I... I don't know. I just, I feel like that she's telling the truth. She, it's a truth in her mind. Now, her husband passed away. This happened in 61. Her husband passed away, I believe, in 1969. She passed away in the early 2000s. And it's um, obviously nobody can talk to her again unless you're calling Cowherd. Um, but 
it it's you listen to her and it's just like yeah she believes it to be true her husband had the same stories they went under a hypnosis and and they helped sift through all the stuff that they forgot and, and uh helped expose all the details now as somebody that here's here's the thing hypnosis has a bad rap i know i i went under hypnosis several times when i was younger dealing with a lot of anger issues that i that i had with my my father being taken from us when i was 5 years old and dealing with that type of stuff the thing with hypnosis is it's really a just a relaxed state of mind and at least in my situations because i i always was worried that somebody's just going to lead me down a direction and be like like i'm not really thinking that but that's like what they're trying to to make happen um and she talks a little bit about that and uh, i've read other things from her is just like the, the 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 doctor was very good about just letting her go and letting her um just free flow essentially under hypnosis it's it's very interesting thing so you hear that and it's like well yeah like they they have to be true but then when i go back and i listen to the shit from the the whistleblowers at congress it's like I don't I don't necessarily believe what they're saying. It's like, yeah, that's great. Give me fucking evidence of aliens and then then I'll start to believe. But until then, it's just a lot of great stories. As much as I uh, respect what Betty Hill said, it's still a great story. I believe she saw what she saw, but we have no evidence for that to exist. It's funny, too, because a lot of people get mad. They're like, why would aliens abduct us and, you know, do tests on us? Well, if you think about it, we kind of do the same thing with animals, a lesser species. So it does make sense. Alien abductions do make sense. I mean, assuming that aliens are real, it's just them studying another species. That's it. Trying to figure it out. And they're like, Ooh, these are somewhat similar to us. Let's dissect them or let's stick uh, probes up the b-hole and see what happens. <laughs> but I thought that was interesting, like what Betty Hill was talking about, how she she start, she says that, you know, casually, like we, we were, uh, I told him that, you know, I did that he wasn't from our planet. And then, then they end up start talking about different miscellaneous things like food and, and whatnot. And then she says, oh, yeah. And the reason why that happened was because, they were examining her husband who had dentures and then he came, the it, the the alien allegedly was confused by it they she called him the examiner and he runs back over to her starts tugging on her teeth and be like this doesn't make sense his his come out why don't yours come out and that's why so it's just like that's a good a believable structure of a story and, and like that makes sense it makes sense but then I listen to the shit from the whistleblowers and it just, it takes me back to not believing. And it takes me back to, this is all great. It's all great. It is. Now, 
give me some good, good evidence. Enough of the stories. I want to see proof. That's it. I think we all want that. It's great. It's another, another. hey, we're going to have another hearing, and we're going to essentially say the same exact shit. You're like, well, we're going to start focusing on looking at this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, it means nothing until we get evidence. And then, boy, if they present the, the public with actual evidence of aliens and where they exist, where they've been, and it's like you can't deny it, get ready for people to freak out. And that's, and, and to be honest, that's why we don't deserve to know the truth about aliens. Because somebody's going to freak out. Most of us are going to freak out. I'd probably freak out. I don't know. I get, I get so wrapped up into it, and then it just it irritates the shit out of me. Let me know your thoughts, Podcast at gmail.com or on social at Podcast. It's like I find this interesting, but then it just pisses me off. It's like, come on. How many more stupid hearings are we going to sit through and they're going to be like, yeah, aliens are real. Okay. Prove it. Prove it. Nobody can prove it yet. Well, I have a friend. There's a guy I went to college with, played soccer and uh, frisbee together. It was great. He's a really good frisbee uh, frisbee golf player. Anyway, uh, he has a cousin who's in the military who has uh, he was dating an alien, and her name was and boy was she hot. <laughs> oh, woo! Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at. Like, I find it so interesting, but so irritating at the same time. Mm. Hey, thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Hope you're having a great day. Hopefully you smiled a little bit at this episode. I know it was a little serious, especially on the other end of it, at the, 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 the back end. You know how I like the back end. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but hopefully you smiled a little bit today. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't done so. Thanks to Sugar Fire in Westminster. You got to go check them out. Also, thanks to Superbook Sports Colorado, as well as Burns and McCoy. Go to burnsandmccoy.com and use that promo code DeHuff to get 20% off your next order. It's DeHuff Uncensored. I appreciate each and every one of you. Have an amazing day. Try to smile. Don't be a dick. And if you get good evidence of an alien, send it to me. And if it's, I've had people send me stuff and it's all shaky everywhere. It just drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. I'll be like, huh, sure. This is great stuff. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> anyway, you guys, let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.